Hi, I'm Al. Welcome to Dad Asks Mums. Dad Asks Mums. Now, I'm a dad of two and a fiancé of one, and this podcast is all about having conversations with other mums to try and understand a bit about what parenting is like from the other side of things. I could just ask my partner, Kerry, but that'd be annoying after a while, wouldn't it, if that's all I did? Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe I should ask her. She might encourage that. Um, On today's show, I'm speaking to Becky Slater. She's a business owner. She had a business three years and then had a child and became a full-time business owner and a full-time mum. So we're talking about what that's like. Also, Becky talks about the mother load, which is something I'm hearing more and more. Funny that, isn't it? You talk to mums and all of a sudden the things that affect them fall into your psyche. What else do we talk about? We also talk about, well, she's got a question I ask every episode. What would you as a mum like to ask me a dad? Becky's got a question and I'm not entirely sure I have the answer. And if I do have the answer, I'm not entirely sure it's a good one. Daddy, daddy, daddy. If you'd like to be on the show or if you've got a question, you can contact me, dadasksmums.com, or you can find me on socials, particularly Instagram and Twitter, although I am on TikTok, at dadasksmums. Right, here we go. This is this episode's guest. I hope you enjoy it. I'll speak to you the other side after you've heard from Becky Slater. Becky Slater is a storyteller, and as a qualified journalist who worked for a national press agency, she realised that what she really loved was writing and actually hearing people's stories. So that led her into PR. And then for the last 10 years, she's had her own business, Beck and Call PR, and that is focused on helping small businesses and charities. And seven years ago, Becky became a mum as well. So welcome to Dad Asks Mums, Becky Slater, storyteller. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Yes, all is well, thank you. Although I did see on the on the news yesterday that we're going to reach those forty degree heats. Already panicking about that. Oh, no, I love it. We just get the water bombs out. And... It's it's the bedtimes. I can't sleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I always like to start the podcast by asking, what is the last conversation you had with your child? Oh, we're going out tonight and um, we were walking to school and he was asking whether we'd be out till midnight. <laughs> um, so he was asking about that and then he was telling me he's doing an assembly tomorrow. Oh, OK. Um, and he was telling me about his lines and how the teacher's going to print them on card so that they're not wobbling about. Professional production. Professional production, yeah. It's about refugees, apparently. Wow. Oh, that's heavy. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Your son's seven? Yeah, he's in year two. Well, do you know what his lines are? Oh, something about the United Nations organisation, work together, think about bringing peace. I don't, he said he got all given all the long words. He <laughs> sounds it. My son's doing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, so... <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just having to learn oompa loompa doobity dee, but uh, wow. That sounds more fun, though. Yeah, less worthy. You're not going to gain much from that, but... Oh, Dad. So, what's your son called? Otis. Is he kind of interested in stuff like that? Is he aware of things like that? Um, A little bit, and his dad's really into like, history and politics, so he has got an interest. It doesn't really come from me, if I'm honest. I'm always like, ask your dad when it comes to things like that. So, yeah, we chose a library book the other day from school, and he came home with this history atlas. So, it was an atlas. But then it told you the history of the different country. But if I'm honest, I didn't really look at it. I was like, oh, you and Daddy can enjoy that on the night. <laughs> we 
because he always asks me questions I can't answer. So I'm like, come to me for the emotional stuff. Come to me if you've got a problem in your friendship group, but don't come to me if it's history or geography. Unless we're going on holiday and then I'll be able to tell you where we're flying to. Yeah, that's when it matters, you know, <laughs> practical practicals of life. I know long before I had children, that was my, my worry was always, I'm going to have to do maths homework one day and I can't do maths. I'm dreading it. Yeah, same here. I'm like, mummy knows everything. She's like, you don't know maths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so honest. <laughs> it's time for a question. This is a question that I always like to ask because this is the one that sort of gets me realising that I don't know stuff as well. So uh, the podcast is called Dad Asks Mums, but I would like to know, as a mum, what is the one thing that you think dads should know? Oh, gosh. The mental load is real. I don't know. My husband's very helpful. He pulls his weight. But I sort of also know that if I wasn't around, I don't know if he'd know when PE day was. I don't know whether he'd know when homework needed to be in. Yeah, it's all those little things that I don't necessarily think he's aware of. Even though I do tell him, I think because he knows I'm here, maybe he doesn't take them in. But then there's an element that's like, oh, we'll just let him take charge of that. But then because it involves our son, I'm like, yeah, but I can't risk him turning up on non-uniform day in his uniform. So, (laughs) So, yeah, just the... Mental load is real, and that's why we're always tired. Oh, no. Because it's not just the stuff you see. It's all the the school WhatsApp chat, which in our school WhatsApp chat, I don't think there's one dad, even though loads of dads do drop off and pick up. Everybody in the class WhatsApp is the moms. I don't know why that is. Ah, See, we have got, so there's the same here, mums WhatsApp group, and then my partner was saying, you should start a dad's one. I was like, I don't really, I don't really want to, but okay. So I started it with like this overt enthusiasm going, hey, we should all be in the same group and we can all meet up and, you know, and I don't know if it's an age thing as well, because I'm in my mid forties and I'm like, you can't make old friends. Next month, I'm going away to the Peak District with my school friends. There's going to be seven of us and I'm, I love them dearly. And there's not enough room in my life for new people to come in. That's because I think... You're not having to deal with the mental load, so I have to let these people in so that I know what's going on. Do you know what? I've just realised then. So you've talked about the mental load. So you're in this WhatsApp group because you need to organise dates and you need to organise what's happening. And I've I've purely gone, this is to organise nights out, isn't it? Yeah, we do have the odd night out, but normally this is the main chat in the WhatsApp group. So-and-so has lost his jumper. Can everyone check their kids' <laughs> And then about 28 people replied for no reason, saying, no, not here. Just reply if it's there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then the other thing that's always in the WhatsApp chat is, is it non-uniform day? Have they got to take anything in today? Have they gotten us? Are we meant to be somewhere today? <laughs> Because there's always somebody who's forgotten something or will be like, oh, thank goodness we've got the WhatsApp. I didn't know that that was meant to be happening. So, yeah, the mental load, I think it is a real thing. And I think it's quite a common thing in terms of a term that's used. It's funny you should say that because in episode two of Dad Asks Mums, I spoke to Lucy Baker, who is geriatric mum, and that was her thing. Do you know about the mental load? Do you think you comprehend the day-to-day grind of being a mum. You know, 
at some point in the day, I'm already planning the evening meal. You know, what's in the fridge? What can I cook? What have they got for lunch? All of that stuff, as well as all the school admin. I'm constantly on my phone, writing to the school, doing something, filling in a form, checking all of that stuff. And it has become completely my role. Do you as a dad understand the weight of that? And actually gets more and more as your kids get older. We recorded that quite a while ago now. And I listed all the different days that Alfie does different things at school. So Monday was this, Tuesday was that. Even now, as I, as I recall it to you, I've clearly forgotten everything. Chatting to Lucy, I was bang on it. I was like, yeah, Wednesday he does yoga, but that's finishing, so he's got to do this. I don't know now. I've completely, I don't know if I'm going to call this a defence, but Kerry, so yesterday morning she went to work. She works from home, but she goes into the office once a week. And yesterday she was like, I've put the school uniform out. I've done that. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm being so controlling. But I think you're right. I think Kerry thinks if it, if our son or daughter wasn't involved, she'd see what happened when she got home. <laughs> outside of that, though, outside. So, so if I nail that, if as dads were listening, go, right, we need to nail what happens what day at school. What else is, is the mother load? It's not just the what happens what day at school. It's like, oh, has he got a party this weekend? What presents do I need to get for those parties? What do those children look? Is he having a play date? Who did the last play date? Has he been to his best mates? Or did his best mate come here? Do I need to contact their mum to arrange for his mate to come over? Um, what should we do with them? Are they just going to play? Or is it going to be hot? Like, even things like when it's ever Otis's birthday. One year we had one where everything was organised and my husband was like, that seems quite a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, that's because last birthday you like went to the supermarket and bought some food. You didn't organise or you didn't order the goodie bags, you didn't order all the stuff for the goodie bags and fill them all. So, yes, it seems like um, this part is more expensive, but I'm literally not going to have to do anything other than turn up and put my child in the room and they're going to provide everything else. And he was like, oh, I didn't realise that much was involved. It's like, well, the party didn't just happen the year before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's break this down to the fundamentals of what it takes to survive. If we go back to caveman days, you need to eat, drink water and sleep. And he took care of the eating. So, you know, he kept them alive, essentially. There's no bigger job. Brilliant. What a hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Praise that man now. Really what I think what mums want is for dads to actively be like, oh, is that the school newsletter? Right, let me make a note of those dates. I'll actively make sure I know that those things are happening. And Right, you're absolutely right. I need to um, I need to do that. And But that's what this podcast is about. This podcast is very much learning stuff. So I can then go inside and Kerry will go, oh, you've, you've suddenly remembered to do stuff. And I go, well, yeah, funny that, isn't it? I just knew, just knew. And it's not even like a criticism of men because I do know that, like I say, a lot of the time I will do the stuff because I know, oh, if I've got to ask and remind, I'll do it myself. If it was just about my husband doing stuff for us or for himself, like, you know, if we're going on holiday, I'm like, yeah, well, I'll sort out his case, you sort yourself. But when it's looking after us, sort of, I'm like, oh, but if he doesn't go to that thing, if he doesn't make it to that party, he's going to be really upset. On this show, I do something called Daddy's Disc of Dilemma. Now, just to describe, uh, I'm in my shedio, and behind me there is a golden cake base with some wooden numbers on that I stole from one of my children's toys and planted on. And uh, there's a nail in the middle and I spin the wheel and it comes up with a different dilemma. 
that kind of fits what we're talking about. Somehow, I don't even know how that works, because it should just be random, yet it always just seems to fall into place. So I'm going to spin it now. Here we go. It is spinning. Now, you may notice uh, the nail isn't in the centre, so the chances are it is going to land somewhere between four and five, and look at that, somewhere between four and five. The dilemma that I want to put to you, and it just so happens that um, it's it has genuinely fallen into place because this was just something that's coming up with Alfie being he's turning six at the start of July. So we're planning parties and you were just talking about parties. So it's you couldn't even, I couldn't have even planned that. That has just worked out beautifully. What I'd like to know, do we, for the party, ask everyone which I think is what we did last year when he was in reception, actually, because it was a much smaller group. Do we just say everyone in your class can come to your party? Or can we just say there's like 10 children? And also bear in mind, he's already been to parties where there have been both. There have been the whole class invited, and that means we're going to exclude people who have already invited him. Or there have been ones where they've just been <laughs> slightly elitist. I would say the whole class at this stage. The only reason I say the whole class is if your little boy is anything like mine, if I said choose 10, the invites would go out. Then he'd have a falling out with somebody. And then he'd be like, oh, I want so-and-so to come. I don't want Yes. To. Especially like when he was five, nearly well, six. I would always say, his mind. not always, but at this age, I would say the whole class, just because the kids can be fickle. But just like get a church hall or something. This is the thing. This is going back to what your husband was saying, because it's expensive. So last year for Alfie's fifth, we got this, a school hall, the like nearest secondary school, a high amount, massive hall. But then we got a bouncy castle and we got a cake and then we got an entertainer. And then I bought a dinosaur outfit that I dressed up in and was running around and got beaten to a pulp by over-exuberant five-year-olds. Um and then we had like posters and, ah, oh, it adds up. And then food. Yeah, it costs adds up. What we did... Last year was we hired the hall, which didn't cost our anything. And then, yeah, we did have the bouncy castle. But then what I did was Otis has got tons of craft stuff. So I did a craft table because I thought not all the children are going to be like wanting to throw themselves around. So we just like had a table where they could do little crafts if they wanted to. And then the hall we were in had like a separate room. And we just put like some games in there. Like he's got a pinball and he had like a mini hockey thing. Like we just whiz it around the table, like mini things that fitted on the table. So we just put some games in there. So then there was like, the bouncy castle for the ones who want to burn off energy. And then there was like quieter activities. And we had some music, but we didn't organise any games or anything like that because I'd noticed that at parties boys especially when the entertainers would say come and sit down they'd just be like <laughs> still like not wanting to so I was like let's just let them entertain themselves and then for food we went on the Domino's app and you can get 50% off on the app and so we just ordered pizza for them and it, there was no waste at all because then it worked out cheaper than buying food just made it loads easier because they just came and delivered it to the hall. That's really interesting because you wouldn't think that. You'd think Domino's, like if it's if it's just Kerry and I, the amount of times we've gone on Domino's and gone, shall I nip up Sainsbury's and get one of those uh, frozen ones for three quid because it's as opposed to paying £25 for a pizza. But that may work out. Yeah, and I would say maybe don't do goodie bags. What the actual heck? 
Oh, that's controversial. No, come on. That's the point of a party is a cake. I know, but what parent wants one of them blinking, yaz, whatever they're called? <laughs> Kazoos, yeah. Yeah, one of them. Um, and half of it ends up in the bin. Or the t- like we get home from the party and the good bag stays on the side and then it goes in the bin. Well, yeah, I think, I genuinely think that landfill, you know, you see all these, you know, the, the oceans are washed with plastic and landfill and all that. I think if you got rid of toys off the front of comics and party bags, landfill wouldn't, we'd have no climate issue whatsoever. That's all it is, kids' toys. Yeah, okay. That's all they care about. Now for the next bit. Right, Becky, let's talk about you and, and, and what you do then. So you're a trained journalist, aren't you? Qualified journalist. Yeah, I'd always wanted to be a journalist. did my degree. And then I was really lucky. I got a job at a news agency. So news agencies, they sell local news to national papers. So I was really lucky because journalism was competitive. So I was lucky to get that as my first job. But then I realised I hated it. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so close. <laughs> I think it was because all my work experience had been on local newspapers. When I'd been doing work experience at college or university, it'd be like, oh, so-and-so has rescued a cat. But then you go to a national news agency and they're like, right, today could you go to court because um, somebody's mum's been murdered and it's like, Oh, I don't really want to do that. With local news, a lot of the time, if it's soft news, people want to speak to you. They want to share their story. National news, people don't really want to speak to you because you're normally, they've normally either done something wrong or something terrible has happened. So I was just like, oh, this isn't really for me. So then I, was, I thought about what I liked about journalism and it was like the writing the meeting people, the talking to people, getting their stories, and that's how I moved over into PR. When I started, I went to a PR agency, and that was all to do with dance music back in the day, like Gatecrasher and things like that. Was that exciting? Was that fun? Was that living the life? Your face is saying it's not. <laughs> Some of days, it sounds exciting, but a lot of the time, at that time, clarify, in the 90s or whenever, early 2000s, a lot of it, if it was a press event, was like just making sure that they weren't seeing too many people who were off their face, you know, because obviously the culture of those clubs. So it sounds glamorous, but it wasn't really. Yeah, and then I moved into charity. I've done loads. And then I went to a lingerie company. Finally, I went to another charity. And then after that, that's when I went self-employed 10 years ago because I just kept going to loads of events. And I would see loads of smaller charities or small businesses who had loads of potential. They all felt like, oh, PR's not for me. It's really expensive or, oh, I can't compete with those big brands. So obviously, you know, you're, you're kind of on this PR journey. You're setting up your own business, which is always tricky anyway. And you have to maintain that constantly. That's not just turning up at work and getting paid and getting your tax sorted, is it? So how did Otis fit into it all? How was that time? When I got pregnant, I had quite a big contract. And um, at the time, I was like, I'll be back. I'll be back. Just give me six weeks with the baby and I'll be back on it. I was deluded. That's what I thought. I thought, oh, I'm not particularly baby orientated. I'm, you know, it'll be lovely and everything, but I can work from home. I had him and then I was like, I don't really want to send him to a nursery. <laughs> I want to be at home with him more. So for the first three years, I was literally trying to work with him with me. 
And so for a while, I just took on like really small projects and then branched out into something else, not PR related, that I could do on a weekend when my husband was home. Yeah, so I would work with him at home and then we moved house to Litchfield um, and we joined a gym. And they had a crash where I could put him in for two or three hours every day. So what I would do was I would, if I had a project, I'd book him into the crash every day and then I would work in the cafe bar area and then I'd drive home. He would fall asleep in the car. I'd put him down for his nap, maybe average like about five hours a day, which wasn't bad going with a baby. But then obviously it got harder um, and then he went to nursery and now I find it quite easy and some days I work school hours and other days he goes to after school club or to multi-sports. I find now he's at school, obviously, it's a lot easier. Where some days I can work longer and be like, you need to be somewhere else, but still have that time. But I think the pros outweigh the cons, to be honest, of being self-employed. Dad asks mums. Now, a very important part of Dad asks mums is the role reversal. So you've told me what you think Dad should know. I would like to ask you, what is the question that you would like to ask me as a dad? How do you manage to go to the bathroom on your own for like a half hour poo or whatever you're doing? Because <laughs> I, my notices at school, I don't think I've been to the toilet on my own for seven years. <laughs> but my husband every day manages to go on his own. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, there are times when when the kids will come up, but I know that's when Kerry has sent them up because I've probably just been playing football game on my phone lent against the windowsill in the bathroom for, for ages. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah, we're not like, you know, we're not, we don't have biological faults. We don't have the mummy call that you get. That's my little boy. He'll be like, mummy, mummy. And I'll be like, mum, the toilet. And then he'll just burst in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's meant to be a sign of I need privacy, but... <laughs> I think we're probably more stealth about it. Yeah. Maybe. I think we, we go and you, nobody knows, where's where's daddy? Where's dad? Where's... Oh, maybe like part of it, like, I will actually say, if we're on our own, I'll say, I'm just going to the toilet. No, oh, there you go. So I've given the game away. I've told him where I'm going. No, you just disappear and just listen out for any any crashes, bangs or wailing. Yeah, I've tried that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I've actually helped. <laughs> That's the first on this podcast at last. <laughs> have a song for bed I'd like to try and end the podcast as I like to try and end the day which never happens but I have control on the podcast so we can make it calm and relaxing I was just wondering what was what is the song or what was the song that you used to sing to Otis to get him off to sleep oh, we've got a few actually so we've got You Are My Sunshine Edelweiss and then there's a song that I've sung to him since he was a baby this is a bit out there I guess and it really makes me emotional. It's by Kenny Rogers. Oh, I love Kenny Rogers. Go on. Oh, okay. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he was a newborn baby, it just takes me back. And I'd be holding him and I'd be singing it to him. And now, every time I hear it, it makes my eyes fill up. Oh. Um, no, Kenny Rogers reminds me of my dad used to always, well, he still does, he still plays it when we go home on Alexa, but he listened to it on... Every car journey, any holiday in car journey, Kenny Rogers, love oh, the gambler, daytime friends, nighttime lovers, islands. Everyone says islands in the stream. It's like no, no, you've got to go album deep with Kenny. 
Love lifted. Where, why that song? Where did you get that song from? I don't even know. I think maybe I've just been listening to Kenny Rogers, as you do. Well, you do, clearly, as well. And I don't think I'd heard the song before, but maybe I was listening to it when I was pregnant. Um, you know, I was a bit probably hormonal and emotional. And then I think when he was a newborn, I just used to sing it. And then I think it really touched me because it's like when I was down and out. And when you just had a baby, you're pretty like your hormones are all... I was probably feeling a bit down and out. And then I was just so inside, you know, your love's lifted me. That's beautiful. When I was pregnant, I used to sing um, Coward of the County. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. When I was pregnant, I was singing it because, look, it was about you don't have to fight to be a man. And I was thinking, this is a good message. But then when he was born, I was singing it. And then I was like, oh, I don't know what they've done to Becky. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same. When Alfie was was born, and I was like, I'm going to play these because I want Alfie to love what I loved and what my dad loved, and and you, you sort of stop and listen and go, what on earth? <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not going to sing about that. It's okay. I'll just teach you in other ways that you don't have to fight. <laughs> right. Kids are in bed, downstairs, you're having a, a glass of something cold or whatever you, your little treat is at night time. Kids can't hear you. What is your mum confession? That I don't actually like playing with my son. <gasps> what a big one! <laughs> I don't mind playing if it's like um, water bombs or a board game or we're playing Uno. That's fine. But he went through a phase where we had to reenact Jack and the Beanstalk. But I could never get it right. No, you're the giant. That isn't what the giant would do, mommy. No. <laughs> yes. So that sort of play, look, I don't know that sort of play where he's suddenly the director. <laughs> so, yeah, when I say I don't like playing with him, I do. But if it reenacting something, then no, I'm not the person for that because he's too bossy. Well, he's clearly, he's clearly just not a good director. You need to, you know, can't work with people like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got a vision in his head and I'm just not up to scratch. Don't worry, that's not going to go any further. Um, <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you, Alfie. And thank you, Becky Slater, as well. I loved that episode. I just love finding out about the mum load. It's something I'd not heard of before. And then I do this podcast and all of a sudden, it's something that I'm just really aware of. And hopefully... I don't know if Kerry will notice this. Hopefully I'm addressing it more and doing more. Can always do more, can't we? If you'd like to be on the show, that would be amazing. You can get in touch with me out at dadasksmums.com or just go to dadasksmums.com, of course. That's where there's a form to get in touch. Also, I'm on the Instagram and the Twitter at dadasksmums. By the way, if you've got any party tips as well, which we talked about in that episode, because between recording that with Becky, we've booked Alfie's party. Now, his birthday is the 5th of July, which is next week at the time of release. We've booked his party for the 5th of August, a whole month later, because... Oh, I can't remember. There's a myriad of reasons. Oh, this is the motherload thing, isn't it? This is what... This is the point. Why have we booked it a month later? Kerry knows. Oh, I've learnt nothing. I've learnt nothing thanks for being here if you'd like to give us a rating that would be amazing I would appreciate that I'm not going to tell you how many stars that's entirely up to you and if you subscribe it means you keep getting the episodes when they come out every Friday I'd love that Uh, in the meantime until the next time stay safe I'll speak to you soon bye bye
Tschüss.